Impulsive eating. What is it? Why is it such a struggle for so many moms? And hear my personal experience with it and what I have done to overcome it. Hey mama, welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight and you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies, 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Before we get into this, I need to give a quick yet very vital disclaimer before we dive into this topic. First off, none of this episode is medical advice, okay? So if you're struggling with impulsive eating or after learning more about it today, realize that you are or feel like it's something even deeper, it has a deeper stronghold on you, seek out support from a provider, a trusted therapist. I'll share some resources at the end of this episode. Just remember that there's no shame ever in asking for help. I do recognize that impulsive eating can be an indicator of a deeper rooted issue with food. So again, what shared in today's episode is not medical advice. And if you or someone you know is struggling with this or any form of eating disorder, there are resources listed below. Now, I'm bringing up impulsive eating today because I asked the Tuffle of Mom Squad, our listener community on Facebook, what they wanted to hear about over the summer. And impulse eating came up from one of the fellow listeners, one of the fellow moms that is here, part of our Tough Love Mom community. So with schedules changing, you know, kids coming home from school, more travel on the horizon, there's a lot of opportunities for our nutrition to get thrown off or impacted and for our mindset and our emotions to get influenced by what's going on around us. So I wanted to address a nutrition related topic like this one early on in the summer, because it can, even if it's something that you've gotten control over, or you feel like your impulsive eating is not as bad anymore. When things get changed up, we often can go back to coping mechanisms, things that are just not as ideal as we would like them. So I want to address this early on in the summer before you face those things that kind of bring upheaval to your life and your schedule. So you can attack them head on. Now, What is this defined as? What is impulsive eating? It's simply eating when you're not hungry. And if you break this down even further, because you know we're going to do that here on this podcast, let's talk about what the word impulsive means. That is simply defined as acting without forethought. So basically, when you're pairing that back with eating now, impulsive eating, it's eating without doing any thinking. You're basically 
eating from a reactionary standpoint instead of having a logical process behind what you're reaching for and what you're what you're doing habitually, right? So when you think about what that might what that might look like, binge eating or a binge eating disorder might come to mind. And that's because the two can be related. They're kind of like cousins. They're not the same. Impulsive eating and binge eating or a binge eating disorder are not the same thing. But binge eating can often lead to impulsivity around food. And on the other side of the coin, impulsively eating, if it matches up with the behavioral and emotional signs and symptoms of binge eating, can lead to that as well. So they're connected in that sense, but they also can be two totally separate things that are not related if you're not dealing with it as on such like a, a deeper level. So this episode solely focused on impulse eating, and I'm going to keep it on that level instead of trotting into eating disorder, eating disorder territory, because we're talking about eating without forethought, without any planning really around the act of eating and not being this obsessive thought pattern that has a hold over a big area of our life. It's simply triggered by a feeling or a subconscious thought that you're not realizing is going on or habit. And that's what we're sticking with today. So again, I'm not going to go deeper into the realm of an eating disorder. We're simply talking about it being eating when you're not hungry and doing so without really thinking through it at all. Um, And again, I'll bring up some resources at the end. If you're like, this is definitely a deeper struggle than what Liz is talking about today, I should probably seek out help. So those, and if you need that now, like they're linked below, Um, the National Eating Disorder Association has a support line, text, message, phone call, and you can head to that page, literally just clicking below in the show notes. So do go there. If you're like, I I can't listen to this. I've got, you know, it's just, it feels like too much. It feels like something that's controlling me. Please, please go reach out. Like I said, there's no shame in asking for help. Um, And even if it ends up not being as serious as you thought, just ask for help. Okay. And I know you're here listening to this because maybe it's something you're struggling with. And I just commend you for that. So again, impulsive eating, why people often struggle with it. We've defined it now, right? Why it's a very common struggle. There's two main reasons. And I'm sure there's a another multitude, you know, multitudes of reasons because we're all so unique and have such like unique life experiences that cause us to act the way we do. But in general, in generic terms, the two big reasons that people struggle with impulsive eating is one, food used is often used as a coping mechanism, and two, a history of dieting. So we often cope, you know, you, you have to find a way to cope with feelings of stress, anger, boredom, anxiety. And in our day and age, food is so readily available to us that it's easy to turn to food because it can cause that quick dopamine hit, that quick feeling of feeling good. And when you're stressed or bored or angry or anxious, which moms feel those feelings a lot every single day, all day long, right? We have a lot of different feelings throughout the day and they're often come quick and we want to deal with them quick and food's an easy thing to turn to. So food is an easy and common coping mechanism when it comes to those uncomfortable feelings. And then on the other side of the coin, a history of dieting is a very common cause of this impulsive eating because when you restrict for too long and you're not allowing certain foods or amounts of foods into your life, it's easy to kind of rebound from that by eating all of the off limit stuff, you know, all the time, whether or not you're hungry, because quote, you earned that 
And that cycle can become this natural progression that you just fall into where you're restricting. And then it's like a restrict binge cycle. That's often the term that's used. And I want to be careful again, how I use the word binge or binge eating, because it can be tied to a disorder, but it's that concept of I'm going to restrict. And then I'm going to be just like a free for all. Everything's on limits. (laughs) There's nothing off limits. And I'm going to have no structure or forethought into what I'm eating because I just want it all now because I've restricted for so long. It's that cycle, right? Common one that a lot of us struggle with. So those are the two main reasons that impulsive eating can take hold over your life and your habits. And unfortunately for many moms, especially in our generation, both are common struggles, the stress, the anxiousness, the boredom especially if you stay at home, sometimes we can just be like, what do I do with my day? Or I want to avoid the, you know, avoidance is another big reason we can turn to food. And then that, that whole, all of the dieting. Um, and I, you know, there's a fine line between being disciplined and structured around your food, which I do believe that structure is a blessing and it is something we should lean into, especially around nutrition, but it's a fine line. Like I said, between having that structure in that discipline and not allowing it to become so rigid that you're restricting that it's a fine line and it takes a lot of time and honestly trial by fire and making missteps and then fixing them and doing that over time to figure out what that line is for you. Now, those are the main reasons people struggle with it and to pivot into my personal experience. Uh, I've struggled with both. So, about 10 years ago, when I really initially got into my own health journey, I did a lot of restricting early on because I thought that was just the way (laughs) I knew no better. And that lasted a solid amount of years until motherhood hit, you know, pregnancy and all of that. And I literally could not be as rigid as before because I didn't have the capacity I was expecting. And then I had a newborn and then my husband deployed and then you know, I had another one and I just didn't have the capacity to be as restrictive as I wanted to because I was feeding a toddler and I was trying to feed my pregnant body and my nursing body and a husband. And we were just navigating all this. So I didn't have that ability to have that control, that rigid control over my food anymore. So that restricting turned into a lot of free for all. Right. And I kind of got on that cycle because then I would restrict and be more diligent about my food and much more rigid and then I would fall off of that. And that was the cycle that I was on for a while. And once motherhood hit, again, I couldn't be as restrictive. So I had to start figuring out what is that fine line between having structure and discipline in my nutrition, but not being restrictive because I, I couldn't go all the way to that end of the spectrum anymore. Now, on the other side of the coin, oh my gosh, I've said that three times. How annoying. <laughs> how, what's another phrase for that? Man alive, I'm tired. Um, the whole coping with food factor I did turn to some unhealthy coping, unhealthy coping mechanisms with food early on. And, um, you know, at the beginning of motherhood, because I did not know other ways to cope with that stress because motherhood is this whole new type of stress that you're having to navigate, right? You're responsible for this human being's life and helping them grow and develop into this productive contributing member of society. It's a lot of responsibility and it's a different kind of stress that you've never experienced before in your life. So I, just like a lot of other moms turned to some unhealthy coping mechanisms with food and 
I've walked this, like I've walked both of these main common struggles that can cause impulsive eating. And because of having walked both of those, I too have struggled with impulsively eating. Um, I have felt that insatiable urge to just go eat something, even if I wasn't hungry. And I think a lot of moms can relate to that, whether or not we want to talk about it publicly, but Hey, I'm here and I'm going to share that with you because I want you to know that you're not alone in that. Um, but personally, I knew that wasn't healthy. And just for my own mentality, for my body, I didn't want to keep that up because it it almost feels like a gorilla on your back when you know this thing has control over you when really you should have dominion over it. So over the course of a few years to turn off that impulsivity around food, I did some very specific things. One of them, and this is in no specific order. I just kind of brainstormed and jotted down the exact things that I did. So here are the five main things that I did over the course of like four, about four, four or five years to really gain control over that impulsivity. The first, not the very first thing. This was, again, this is not an order of what I did. Um, These are just things I did over that course of time. Sometimes I would do a couple of them at the same time. Sometimes I would just focus in my energy on one to really gain, you know, it just depended what was going on in my life. So one of the things I did was food journal or food diary, whatever you want to call that, simply writing down what I'm actually eating. Because when you go to that bag of tortilla chips and then eat half of it, and you know, you're going to go write that down, it just makes you a little more aware and a little more thoughtful about what you're actually going to eat. It makes you stop and think versus that impulsivity, not thinking. So food journaling helped me a lot to let go of that impulsivity and really put some thought into what I was doing. Um, To continue on that note of mindfulness around food, I started to tune into my hunger cues more, which in starting point school, I deem this being mindful over mindless around food. And there's a strategy called breathe, think, decide that is taught inside starting point school to help you really tune into those hunger cues at different times of day, because right, we've got different triggers when it comes to eating, you know, morning snack time after the kids go to bed during lunchtime, when it's chaotic and the kids want different things and you're also starving and trying to eat, you know, like there's different triggers at different times of day for what we're going to eat. And it's really easy to be impulsive at those times, especially when they're higher stress. But when you can do the breathe, think, decide that's taught inside starting point school, it's much easier to slow yourself down, not find this quick fix way to satiate that feeling of stress away, um, but actually tune into your hunger cues and be thoughtful and mindful around your food. So that's another thing I started to do was really just slow down and pay attention to what my body was telling me. What am I craving right now? Do I want something sweet? Because I think that's going to help me feel better. Or does my body actually tell me like you want something sweet right now? Let's reach, reach for some fruit. Or, you know, I actually think protein would be something that's really good. So I'm not you know, snack on a couple hard boiled eggs right now, because that's going to really keep me full until dinner. And I can tell my body's in need of some protein or whatever. So turning into my tuning into my hunger cues helped a ton now on the stress front and coping with all these new stressors. I found a lot of different outlets for that and they're going to sound really simple, but just listen, just hear me out. Just hear me out. And these were things that I incorporated at different capacities at different times based on what I could, what load I could carry. So walking 
was huge, like throwing my kids in the stroller in the afternoon during the witching hour and just going for a walk, right? That was super helpful. And I still do that to this day. Uh, Turning on worship music, getting off of social media over the past year has helped even more so (laughs) with that uh, dealing with stress because it really doesn't help you deal with stress. It just kind of delays it and puts it on the side table and then you pick it right back up when you put your phone down. So not fun. Uh, Get off of there, be on social media a little less often and consistently working out that I may be biased, but I think moving your body, whether it's walking or doing something more intense, like a structured workout is one of the best coping mechanisms for stress you could ever have. I just clapped that whole sentence because I truly believe that moving your body is so therapeutic mentally. Um, there are so many other benefits aside from what it does for your physical body and the way you look that I just think it's underrated and underused. So work out instead of turning to food. Um, it's one of the best outlets for stress, anxiety, depression that you could find truly. It's not the cure all, but if you're not using it as an outlet for those feelings, you need to start instead of turning to food. Um, let's see what other things, two other things. And these were also huge. I did not buy the stuff I would tend to impulsively eat. And for me, that's sweets, cookies. Um, I said tortilla chips because that's another one of my vices. Those are things I try not to buy or ever buy. There is like one week in my cycle every month that I just like need, I don't need something sweet, but I like to have something sweet. Um, so I get like 80, I think it's like 80 or 88% dark chocolate. And I'll just have like a square of that once or twice a day when I'm like, I really want something sweet right now. My body's telling me like, I can, I can tell when my body wants something sweet or salty, um, or protein filled, or if I need something that's more carbohydrate based, I can tell when my body needs that now, just from years of tuning into my hunger cues and practicing that personally. But for the most part, I do not buy the junk in the sweets that I would tend to impulsively eat. I just don't buy it. And you can give me the argument that, well, my family's going to be mad or, you know, my kids love that stuff. So da da da. Okay. Put it out of sight where it's difficult for you to reach. Like, you know, if you've got shelves on your pantry, put it on the very bottom where maybe your kids can get it, but it's not as easy for you to get, or put it on the very top out of sight on the side of the pantry that you don't open. So you just don't see it every day. Like, don't put it where you're going to see it all the time Um, or just stop buying it. If you, you know, if if you buy multiple treats and stuff for your family every week, here's a quick strategy. Instead of just stopping buying all of it, because I know that can be a jolt to everyone in the house, just buy one less of those treats. You know, if you usually buy like ice cream and some sort of cookies and you make brownies and you've just always got sweets of all different types in the house, buy like one less type this week, just one less. That way, you know, you're not surrounded by it everywhere, all the time, all over the place in your kitchen. You know, there's one less, um, and your family really, they'll probably notice, but you know, we're honest here, but they're not going to be distraught over it because there's still other options, right? So just stop buying the stuff that you tend to impulsively eat. Lastly, and this I think was the most instrumental for me because it provided a layer of accountability from someone I know loves me is I talked to my husband about it. I finally got honest with him and I said, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Like I am eating when I'm not hungry because I'm stressed and I don't like, I don't really know where to start. 
but it's frustrating and I hate this feeling. And I just, I was open with him about it. And that was probably the hardest part of this whole journey because you have to be honest with yourself. Self-honesty is huge in making change in any area of your life. We focus on that so much in starting point school. It's actually the first of the three main steps in starting point school is self-honesty. But when you do get honest with yourself and then speak that aloud to someone else, it is the catalyst for change. It is the catalyst for change. So having that conversation with someone that you know loves you no matter what is instrumental. Now, this list is not exhaustive, but they do cover um, both the cause that stems from coping with food as well as that restrictive and then going and eating a lot cycle that a lot of us fall into. So let's talk resources. I would be remiss to not drive home the point that what I experienced and specifically talked about in this episode is an experience that's not at the level of an eating disorder. Um, Can you self-diagnose that? No. But can you reach out for support for yourself or a loved one if you do suspect that it's more than you can or should face on your own? Yes. And if that's you, I encourage you to do so. Um, Like I said, the National Eating Disorder Association has three options for communication. They've got an online chat, they've got text messaging, and a phone line where you can talk to someone, you know, voice to voice. Um, The numbers, I linked the page with all of that information right below in the show notes. Their numbers are all there um, in the ways that you can contact them and the, the hours that they're available. They can listen to your concerns, provide information on different types of eating disorders, and they can also help you locate professional help and explore support options locally for yourself. Um, If you are in a crisis, just if you're needing help like immediately, you can text NEDA to 741741 to be connected with a trained volunteer at the crisis text line. It's free. It's 24-7 support. So if you can't get contact with uh, the NEDA during the hours that they're available for chat or phone, um, this line is available 24 seven. If it's like mental health related or eating disorder related, um, they can help you in any type of crisis situation. So that's at the deeper level. Again, ask for help if you need it. And if that means that step one is just talking to your husband about what you're struggling with and being open and honest or your mom or your best friend or a fellow mom who like, you know, has probably walked that or might be walking it too. Like be honest with someone that, you know, cares about you because that is one of the best steps you can take. One of the best steps you can take. Um, and our tough love mom community is a safe place for that. If you want to pop in there and join and just be like, Hey, like this episode today on that, on the podcast spoke to me. Um, I'm struggling with that whatever it is. Again, I'm not a medical professional. We do not provide medical support within the Tough Love Mom Squad, but it's a safe place to just bring that up and chat through the struggles of motherhood because it's hard, but you can do hard things. So let me summarize today and get you out of here. First off, impulsive eating is characterized as eating when you're not hungry and doing so without forethought. It happens usually due to emotions and using food to cope and, or because of a history of dieting and that gorilla of restriction on your back, driving you to go make up for what you missed out on. Make sense? Some practices 
that can help deal with impulsively eating are being open with a loved one about what you're struggling with, being more mindful around food and using the breathe, think, decide practice and tuning into your hunger cues, food journaling or a food diary, whatever you want to call it, doing that where you're actually seeing what you're putting into your body. Um, Other ways to cope with stress, finding those, tapping into those, leaning into those, like reading a book, listening to music, dancing it out in your living room like a crazy person with your kids. It's great. Believe me. Um, Doing different things to cope with your stress and then simply not buying what you usually turn to in those impulsive moments. I know this episode was loaded and it was a lot to take in in this short amount of time. So save this episode if you need to come back to it. It'll be here for you. And if you find yourself struggling with this, what I want you to do, because like I said, it's a lot, there's a lot. I want you to take one of those five practices that I shared with you today, just one and focus your energy on that. Like I shared with you, I have, um, overcome this over the course of years. And it was by doing a combination of those five things or one of those five things at different levels of intensity over time. And there are things I still do to this day to help control that impulsivity because we're humans and we're wired certain ways. And I just in normal day-to-day things, I just have more of an impulsive personality, I guess you could say. And so I have to find ways to cope with that, especially when it comes to food, it's going to be a lifelong struggle of mine, but not one that has to have power over me. So like I said, I do a combination of these things all the time. I'm transparent with my husband about it. I will write down what I'm eating at different points in my life and other points. I don't, you know, you do these things in different capacities as you need them. So right now, just take one focus in on it and let it be this thing that you lean on to start that overcoming process. This will not change overnight. I will never sugarcoat or give you false hope that things will be quick in this journey because most of them won't. I can't think of a lot of things that are quick in this journey of yours. And this is one of those things that will not happen overnight, but it also will not change if you don't do something. So pick one thing that I shared with you today and get after it. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review, letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.